No, absolutely not. And my day would revolve around the alcohol and then I would spend all the money that I would earn in work on alcohol. So it was just a vicious cycle that just was absolutely horrible to be in. And I'm still, you know, I still got cravings to do it now. And, um, yeah, they're just, it's, it's difficult, you know, but just one day at a time, as they say, I know it sounds cliche, but there's no point in me building myself up and worried about next week when I, I can't do anything about that, but I can do something better now. I can choose not to go to the fridge and take out a beer. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth, and I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery, and well-being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective a mindset or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. I am here with Adrian and today we're going to discuss addiction and his journey through addiction and the choice of his addiction. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you are listening, have an open mind and hopefully you can learn something from our conversation today. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Adrian. How are you today? I'm good, James. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Chance to uh, speak out, you know, let people know what's going on. If you don't mind, can you just tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, my name is Adrian and um, I have an addiction to alcohol. So I'm in recovery now at the moment, um, going on five months on the 21st. Um, This is not my first time trying to stop drinking and um, fingers crossed would be my last, but I will take it uh, one day at a time. Um, I'm 31 now and I have been drinking since you know, typical Irish age, I guess. I mean, in around 15, 16, few beers. And I, as funny as it sounds, I definitely drank my way into being an alcoholic. So it wasn't something I I kind of couldn't stop from the beginning. I certainly drank and enjoyed a drink for many years. And then it just became, um, I guess, a crutch um, with my mental health. So with my anxiety and depression, I would try and self-medicate. And I was using alcohol to do that and then became dependent on the alcohol to go about any sort of um, thing in my day. Anything literally from getting up to going to bed at night, I needed it. You know, it was a full-on dependency. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. <laughs> Good journey. Yeah. Good journey. Be- before we get going, um, I'd just like to play a little game. Yeah. And it's a short game with five questions. And the way it works is, I'll give you a word, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So, you ready to go? Yeah. 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 Okay. The first one is control. Uh, 
uncontrollable, non-existent, basically, is what I thought out there first. I just couldn't get it out. Addiction. Suffering. Overcoming. Willpower. Pressure. Immense. And fitness. Vital. Super, super. That's it. Pressure's off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was the hard part. Hi, Adrian. Can you just take us through your childhood? Like, how was that? How was your childhood? How was growing up for you? Yeah, um, I like to think of it as relatively normal, but the more I kind of go back on it now, I am a child of divorce. Um, I don't know how much that really kind of. The more I, I dig into it, the more it kind of seems to be more prevalent with how I am at the moment, especially mm. with my anxieties and things like that, and how I'm um, I'm a fairly uh, introverted person, so I do like to be on my own a lot. I think I can kind of control my surroundings a lot better by doing that. So, you know, I, there's no chance of anybody changing my life or hurting me if I'm on my own. Now, in saying that, I am in a happy relationship and all the rest like that, and I do have great friends and things like that, but there is a certain closed-off point to me. Um, I uh, unfortunately lost a brother there almost six years ago now, I believe, and um, he was sick from when I was very young as well, so there was a lot of um, constant change and kind of a lot of uncertainty around my kind of family life and and things like that so because uh, diagnosis changed and you know doctors opinions changed as times went on and so that again more than likely did not help my anxiety no either but um if we're talking about the alcohol side of it that certainly wasn't something that i found um kind of hope and kind of safety in as i was growing up i never I never thought of it as an escape when I was growing up or when I began drinking as a young adult. So. Mm. And for you, with alcohol, anyone's ever drunk. I doubt they picked it up the first time and they enjoyed it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so choose, like any any time of day, even when I was drinking, you know, you, you you'd never say that was nicer than a coke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? it's never. Yeah, you just drink because. You want to drink, even though. Yeah, I mean, if if this, like, if this liquid didn't get you drunk, you wouldn't have it. No, you know, like, there's no. no way you would opt to have this. And I'm guessing for you, like, at the start in your teens, when you started drinking, like most people that they start drinking around that age, it was just a social thing at the start. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Um, again, I wasn't one of those people that felt in any way that I needed to fit in. So mm. I never succumbed to any kind of peer pressure or anything like that because, um, yeah, I mean, there was other things going on as well. I, I didn't take part in and I would have had no issue saying no, you know. Okay, so. Content with, uh, yeah, with just doing what I like to do. You, it wasn't like I'm drinking to fit in or no. my mates are doing it, so I'm doing it. You just went about my own business, yeah. Yeah, you're self-disciplined. <laughs> in, in some sense, yeah. Yeah. And uh, would it have been a lot alcohol around your house when you were growing up? No. No. So there wasn't... Um, I don't come from a family with an underlying addiction. There's there's no kind of um, substance abuse of any kind in my family. So. Mm. 
when did you realize, around what age did you realize that uh, I like to drink a lot more than people around me? Um, it would be difficult to put an age on it. Um, yeah. I, I gotta be honest because it's, it's one of those things that I, I believe kind of sneaks up on you. Um, I was aware that I like to drink, you know, and mm. like, uh, like to take the edge off my day, even if my day didn't have an edge on it. You know, it's just, it, it was a lot of the time using this as, as, as an, uh, excuse me, <laughs> use as an excuse. Um, and, you know, even in days where I wasn't really in the humor, but I still kind of managed to have a few drinks and then those few drinks kind of built again and built again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a sneaky one. 100%. And because it's so acceptable, it's yeah. even more sneaky again. You know, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those, I think because we don't see it as a drug. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, it's just a social norm, and um, it's huge in Ireland, obviously, as you know, and, um, like, I believe, I think it's, a lot of people are talking about it right now, that if alcohol was to come out today, there's no way in hell it would be legal. You know, not a chance. Probably not. Not a chance. Probably not. <laughs> it's so disruptive in everything that it does, like, there's no way, mm. you know? But it's become a part of our life that there's, there's more pressure on people to drink yeah than it is to not to drink like if you're going out the weekend Absolutely, for example yeah. yeah and you just you turn up in the club you're like i'm not drinking today your friends will probably be like what is wrong with you oh absolutely i mean i i know from um prior experience of trying to stop drinking that um you know if you don't have those answers ready locked and loaded it, it can be very hard very tough even though as I said prior, that I don't um, succumb to peer pressures. Those kind of awkward pressures in the midst where there's 10 people looking at you. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you yeah. drinking? What's happening here? You know, and people are like, oh, go on, have a drink. Oh, go on, go on, go on. And at the same time, they're looking for you to say, like, no, a definitive no. But then they also don't want you to bring down the party by saying, well, I'm not going Yeah. You know, next week it's a big downer yeah, on everything. Yeah. And you're like, well, you were the one that forced it. You know, you forced that. Like, yeah, it's like, Adrian's not drinking. What's yeah, wrong what's with him? What's wrong with him? Yeah, are you, are you and like, yeah. I, I've made the joke many a time. You know, like, and you, you, mm. I think it's more of a go to thing. A lot of people don't just go, oh, okay, well, I have, you know, Coke or 7 Up or Fanta there if you want there or water or whatever it is. They always mm. just immediately ask, why, what's wrong? Or I know from a lot of uh, women that I talk to that they say, like, you know, it's an instant jump to, oh, you're pregnant. Like, no, I'm not. I don't Definitely, want to drink. Yeah. Is that okay? Like, you know, I mean, nobody, it's, it's a really, really dangerous drug and it is a drug. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or maybes about it. I mean, how many houses do you walk into and people are like, I'm just shooting heroin. Do you want some? It's like, why is it a social norm? It's a social norm because there's so much money made off it. You know, that it's okay. Like, I, I just say it, sorry if I'm going off on a rant here, but um, I just say it a lot about, um, like, these kind of companies that all have the drink-aware or gamble-aware kind of things or warning signs. Mm. Um, they don't make their money off somebody having one drink a year or, you know, the odd bet. They don't. You know, they make their money off the down and outs. They make the money off the people who are literally dependent on this stuff and will pay for it with their last cent. Mm. 
you know, it's all well and good to to slap a you know a drink aware thing on it, but that's that's the equivalent of looking at an alcoholic and just saying don't drink anymore. Like, do you expect them to just be like, oh, okay, that's grand. I'm glad someone said it now. I'm cured. I'm giving it up now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. like if you're feeling anxious or you know depressed, and somebody comes up and goes, calm down or be happy. It's like it doesn't work mm. like that. Mm. You know? No, no. And uh, what sort of drinks did you start with, and then? When did you escalate to heavier things? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, typical kind of stuff. I mean, you know, you, a few beers around Christmas time and stuff like that because they were got in the house and stuff and you were kind of allowed to drink in the family setting when you were yeah. almost of age. But, you know, you weren't taking them and going out to a field or whatever, even though we all did. Um, yeah, things like that, ciders and things. Um, I was stuck with them for many, many years and I think I... I'm definitely a sucker for, um, what would be the word? Kind of, it's almost in, an impression that, um, oh, hang on, what am I thinking here? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the right words for it. Um, so I would become, sorry, I know you're going to edit this book. I just, I'm trying to think of what the right thing word is. No worries, you right think away. Yeah, so, I would have been very easily influenced by um, like social cultures and things like that. So I would have been okay. very easily influenced by TV shows and music um, in particular. And in a lot of TV shows that I like to watch, they drank straight drinks. So just straight whiskey all the time, big glasses. And I was like, you know what? That looks pretty cool. I'm go ahead and do that. You know? Yeah, and they all looked cool as well drinking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, but the, yeah. the thing about it is, is that I'm sitting there having this drink. One, they're not drinking in the TV show for real. <laughs> and then two, the people who they're portraying are probably these crazy, highly successful people. They're always like lawyers or writers or, something mm. like that, or musicians or something. You know what I mean? They're always these guys that have this abundance and they're already where they want to be. Whereas... I then was drinking and became more and more dependent on this drug and I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. No. Like you weren't going day, to your fancy office the next day. No, absolutely not. And my day would revolve around the alcohol and then I would spend all the money that I would earn in work on alcohol. So it was just a vicious cycle that's just was absolutely horrible to be in. And I'm still, you know, I still got cravings to do it now. Mm, so and... Um, yeah, they're just, it's, it's difficult, you know, but just one day at a time, as they say, I know it sounds cliche, but there's no point in me building myself up and worried about next week when I, I can't do anything about that, but I can do something better now. I can choose not to go to the fridge and take out a beer. Yeah. And, you know, because there is beers and alcohol in the house that I live in at the moment, but, you know, it's a choice. Mm. And it's a, only a choice that I can make. And that's simply it. And I'm guessing for you at the start was probably work five days, drink drink at the weekends, work five days, drink at the weekend, and then yeah. those weekends started spilling into weekdays. Yeah, like it would start kind of going over and say if there was uh, simple ways of doing it, like if there was, um, you got eight beers, say on a Saturday, there's two left, so you drink them on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? That two might give you a good to have more, you go out. You get six more. You don't drink all of them, but they're still there on the Monday. Yeah. Next minute, you're starting to form that habit. You know, you're having 
two beers when you get home from work on a Monday, two beers when you get home from work on a Tuesday. You mightn't have it on Wednesday, Thursday. You don't need it. Do you know what I mean? But you're going out on Friday mm. and you're going out on Saturday. And then the same kind of thing happens again. And then you feel like you're missing something. Okay. When you get home. You know what I mean, it's like if you left your house without your phone, you always feel like you're missing something. You know, just to use like a modern kind of example for anybody who doesn't have an addiction, but they would, you know, feel like they're missing something there. So you would sit down and next minute, you know, you're kind of, you're jittery or you're moving around and you're like, what? what's going on? What's, yeah. What's different here? You know, and then you're, you're unconsciously or subconsciously, sorry, you're missing the beer. Yeah. So if you had your, your drink, say by Tuesday, you've run out, you get home and you get home on a Wednesday, you're like, something is, <laughs> I'm missing something here. Yeah, something, I don't quite know what it is, but there is something, something missing. missing. Yeah. The thing about that is you feel uncomfortable then. You know, like you may not go out and you, you don't know what it is. So you may not go out and get any more beer or anything like that because what well, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. You don't typically drink um, like every single night. But then mm. all of a sudden, if the beer is there and you're feeling uncomfortable, you're like, you know, I'll have a beer. All of a sudden, this beer is providing comfort. Okay. You know, it's taken away that, you know, feeling of anxiety or, you know, twitchiness or, you know, what, what was wrong. And, you don't see it as that was the problem, but you're having that beer and it is giving you that, you know, Relief. reassurance that like, you know, and then all of a sudden it changes your mindset and you're just like, do you know what? It must have been nothing. I, I, I didn't even know what it was. It must have been nothing. It was just my head racing and you're sitting there and you're taking what it was, but it's just unbalanced yourself, you know? Yeah. If that makes and sense. I'm, yeah. So it was more, so it was your, your anxiety that was kind of, if you didn't have it, you felt like I need to have this. But at the time, you obviously didn't think much of it. You just thought, yeah. "I'm having a drink," but it was your anxiety. It's like a, it's like a, a lot of things to do with lockdown and, and stuff like that as well. Is you know a lot of people, especially at the beginning of the lockdown, they may not have any substance problems or alcohol problems or anything like that, but they would go out every Friday. Yeah. So it would find that on Friday nights they weren't able to go out anymore and they would be off. You know, they'd be irritable, they'd be, you know, feeling a bit anxious, they'd be, you know, they wouldn't know what was wrong with them. And it's the fact that there's that habit there. So you're trying to break the habit, mm. you know? So that's that's something that, that forms, I think the habit forms before the addiction. And I, I don't know if that's 100% a thing, but as far as I'm concerned, my habits certainly form before my addiction because I just got into a habit of having these things. Before becoming fully dependent, yeah, on definitely, yeah. So I was able to, you know, go home and have those beers, like I said. But I was able to get up in the morning. I wouldn't think about them. Go to work, do everything like that. And it would only be, you know, like a ritual you do when you get home. That's that's the only reason why. Yeah, and you know, when did you realize? You sorry, before you realized that, I mean, during this a lot more. Did someone ever say to you, "Are you sure you're having another one"? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, either that got fobbed off or I listened to them that night or, you know, they're not always there. People aren't always there to say this to you. Okay. You know, they might have said it to me on the Tuesday, but nobody's there to say it to me on the Wednesday. Yeah. So you know, it's not like, it's not like I found myself drinking to excess from the beginning. Like I said, it's very sneaky. So it's just, you know, uh, one or two and you're, you're, um, what's the word for it? The, uh, Ah. <laughs> were, were you brushing it off when you you're, no it's, 
like was it just it's like it's not even um, so much that, but your tolerance levels get much higher. Yes, you know the more yeah. you drink then as well. So you're kind of justifying. You're always chasing that can. So say one beer gave you that can. Now it does that for X amount of time. Then two beers gives you that can. Mm. Three beers, four beers, you know, and then all of a sudden it's you know I don't want to get drunk. I'm not going to be drunk, but six beers and I'll be able to sleep. Yes. Before you know it, yeah, one's gone to three or three, and then you're having six. Yeah. Yeah, and then the unfortunate thing about that is then, especially for me, when I was bringing in uh, Herder Spirits, spirits, it would be, you know, those six and a nagging or and a shoulder. Or then it would just be, you know, the beers are gone, the bottle is out now. And would that be, would that be during the week? Yeah, got to, well. If you had to get up for work the next day, yeah, you would easily have X num- number of cans and open up a bottle of spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it got definitely one hundred percent got to that point. You know, and it, it before um, stopping this time around, um, it got to the point where I would wake up and drink. I would have to get myself ready for the day ahead. I would. It was like a tactical plan. You know, it was like, I, right, if I'm going out at 10, i got to get up at 8, you know, because you got to get X amount of drink into it first. You, you're, you're chemically dependent. So you have to remember that it's, it is it is essentially your medicine. And especially was for me because mm. I would eat, say, once a day. Some days I wouldn't eat. So it would be my entire um, energy source. It would be all my calories would be in this. You know, it's it's not a, like alcohol doesn't work as a stimulant for everybody, but in certain addicts and people who have alcoholism, it works as a stimulant. So it essentially would wake me up. It would be like my coffee in the morning. So for you, you would actually get up before work, have a few cans, get ready for work, go to work. Yeah. And would people you work with not think you're not yourself today or like... No, you see, the, the thing about it is... It's, um, only for- like during the day, were you able to disguise it better that no one could tell that you had drinks that morning well what i will say in a funny sense is i um shared an apartment with a friend of mine and his girlfriend mm. and um, while i was living with them my alcoholism was was rampant but they had once uh, we, we lived in the same place for about two years and he once turned around to his missus and said that um he has never seen me drunk and he asked her have I ever seen or like has she ever seen me drunk and they both said no they both had never seen me drunk okay only because they had never seen me sober they just thought that's who that's who he is so nobody nobody saw the difference you know nobody ever seen me sober so how would anybody ever know if I was drunk yeah yeah and what would have been like some of your worst days some of my worst days I mean, there's, there's days where, again, you, you don't eat. There's there's numerous ones. Like, if you don't eat and you're, well, if I was drinking cans, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be all right. Ask anybody while I was doing it. They'd say, no, it's definitely not all right. But if I wasn't eating and I was on spirits for the day, um, it's either totally blacked out, don't know what happened, um, sick everywhere, fights started, thrown out of parties, um, family members not talking to you. You know, mm. missing work, like on teetering around the edge of being fired from your job. Um, just imagine all those things is wrapped into maybe like an hour of your day, even. 
and then yeah. continuance on for the entire day. You know, and and on top of that, then you're trying to um, chase that drink. So you're you're always trying to drink with all this going on. Everybody's fighting with you for this exact reason, but you're still. You know, well, yet yeah, you're still you're still doing it, and you are very aware. Say that you only have four cans left. Right, I need to get my act together here to get back out and get more before the shop closes. You know, it's always taking an absolute priority over everything. Did you always think that you have it under control? Uh, no, I was. I was more. Um, you know, I was aware that I had a, a problem with alcohol, like a hundred percent. Um, I just didn't care. You know, um, from quitting. Okay, it wasn't like, oh, I can stop tomorrow, guys. Calm down. Yeah, I just knew how hard it was to stop. Stopping really sucks. Like it's it's really really bad. And not only that, I mean, it's um, it's a mindset thing. So it's, for me, anyway, I've stopped multiple times before this, um, never for as long as I am now. But, um, it, you know, sometimes it works and it works well because you're in the right space. You're, you're in the right frame of mind and you're, you're over it and you want to stop drinking. So you, you do for X amount of time. Now, the problem with that is, I find I, I become very complacent, especially if I don't change an awful lot of stuff about my life at the moment because it's very simple then just to fall back into old ways. So if I stop drinking say, yeah. for a month beforehand, um, all of a sudden I'd be like, do you know what, I'm fine. This is no big deal. What I'll do now is I'll just control it. So I'll, I'll only buy four beers and that's it then for the night. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't get any more so I can only have four and it's fine. But then that four becomes eight, eight becomes 12, bottles get brought in, everything like that. And I'm only looking for one person to say, it's okay, you can have a drink, don't worry about it. But to go... So you just needed that nudge. Oh yeah, 100%. And that's that's the, the great thing that's worked um, this time around is from um, starting that Instagram and you know telling a lot more people around me, close family and friends. Now I had told them prior to this, but... Um, really just having a lot of people keeping me accountable is a huge deal because mm. if you keep that circle small that know that you have an issue it doesn't take an awful lot in my opinion to push you into having a drink um, my girlfriend is very very supportive of me but if she was the only one that knew I was just waiting for her to say you've done very well you know if you want to have a drink while I'm having a drink at dinner go ahead she wasn't, you know, she wasn't meaning it in a bad way. She didn't want to see me slip up. She's she's a lot happier with me being sober, and I'm a lot happier, and the relationship is a lot stronger for it. But, you know, it is a struggle. So when you see somebody that you love struggling, you kind of want to relieve that for them, you know, and the best way that some people can is like, you know, relax. Especially if if they don't come from a setting of addiction. It's very, very hard for people to kind of imagine what it's like, you know, there's, okay. because there's, okay. there's always those things. It's like, well, you can see, you can blatantly see how bad it is, how it's affecting your life, how it's affecting the people around you. Just don't care enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's the truth of it. And anybody that says it's not a selfish thing is, is not telling the truth. You know, they're, they're lying to themselves because it a hundred percent is. And when you gave up before, how long did you give up for? 
I think the longest I think I was touching three months, I think was the longest before. But again, I hadn't changed anything about my life. Okay, so the only thing that I had changed was um not drinking. But everything else stayed the same. Um the days and nights were the exact same and it just it it became so like they were the longest three months ever. <laughs> you know, it just so mundane, so you know, just getting up in the morning just to go back to bed. You know, just there was no joy to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was, I was um, constantly very fearful as well. You know, you know, I wasn't very comfortable around certain situations. And now I'm owning a, a lot better for myself, and I've a lot more knowledge now for myself as well. Like, um, even simple little things like relapse dreams, they occur to anybody who's in recovery, and their subconscious uses. But they don't, but they can wake up feeling all the guilt and pressure that they have. So sometimes you wake up, well, I've woken up, um, almost feeling hungover from drinking in a dream. Relapse dream? What? Yeah, relapse. Is that where you, you're dreaming that you're drinking? Yeah. Or using any substance that anybody would use. And you, you wake up kind of feeling like you had a few sessions, <laughs> few during that night. Yeah. Yeah, or just a tremendous amount of guilt can carry over into that day, which, you know, for people, that's that's a lot of pressure, mental pressure. Like, um, just you're going to be thinking about it all day. Yeah. And if you, you know, or anybody in any way that you want to disassociate a lot of things to do with your addiction, which anybody would, rightfully would, um, that's not an easy thing to do when it's so forefront in your thoughts from the moment that you wake up. So for you... The hardest thing was, sorry, when you gave up was because your environment such didn't really change. Nothing in your life changed except for you didn't have to drink in your hand. It was yeah. harder because the surrounding was still the same. You're still doing the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, change has to happen um, for anything to change, as funny as that sounds again. But um, this time around, I, I'm a trained barman and I have been for 10 years and that's not a good I, profession to be in when you're... Absolutely not. I mean, I've tried to do it without drinking before, and it's just, it's really playing with fire. There's, there's no way to do it. <laughs> you can't do it. And uh, in that as well, a lot of your socializing, you're in on the weekends. So any of your mates that work office jobs or anything like that, they're, they're off on the weekend. You know, but you don't get to see them because you're in work. So you go out after work with all the people from the bar or surrounding bars. But where do you go? You just the only place that's open is a bar, so you, you have to socialize and you are drinking. Mm. You know, so you, it's it's very easy to slip back into that habit again. But um, this time around, yeah, I, I've had to change absolutely everything. You know, and it's been a great motivator for me as well because there's been continuous goals. So every you know three or four weeks, there's been something new where I can I can see how my progress is really helping my life. Yeah. You know, I can see what I wouldn't have done had I still been drinking. And uh, going back on it now, say three years ago when you're heavy in your drinking, and someone told you, like, Adrian, in three years' time, you would stop drinking for this length of time, what would you say then? It probably is not long. I'd be like, yeah, very good. <laughs> continue to sip out of my drink. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, that's great. He's taking care of that for me. So I know I'll stop for yeah. three years. I might as well keep going now. You know? Yeah. I'm sure there was people in your life that tried to help you. Like, did you see a therapist for your drinking? Or is that something you never considered? 
No, I never really considered seeing anybody for my drinking. Um, I did go to AA meetings. I think that in itself is definitely a therapy. Um, just without the the trained professional, you know, sitting in mm. on the sessions. Um, a lot, you know, group. It is essentially yeah, it is a group therapy. Um, that really helps. That really kind of puts things into perspective. Kind of really lets you know that um, you're not alone in the crazy stuff that you do. Like, and that's the truth. I mean, uh, if you're sitting there drinking or sneaking drinks and, uh, you know, you become very sneaky and very, um, creative the ways that you can, you can drink in public. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, cause like I said, you're dependent. You can't go out. And yeah, you just, you're like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way people do what I do. Like, it's just too crazy. And you sit down for five minutes in one of their meetings and you don't have to speak, but just listen and you'll realize that. This addiction makes people do crazy stuff, you know, really, really crazy stuff. Yeah. And you can relate to us so well. So I would definitely recommend anybody. Now, there is a big difference between having an issue with alcohol and having an addiction to alcohol. So you just might have a bad relationship with alcohol. So AA meetings may not resonate with you. But if anybody is considering stopping and thinking they have a problem, AA meetings are a great way to just try and get some perspective and knowledge on it. Everybody in there is very, very kind, and they will try and help you as best they can. When you're talking about hiding drinks, where were some of the places you, you hid drinks? Do you hide drinks around the house, or when you're out shopping? And <laughs> no, no, not, not in that, not in that sense. I mean, I wouldn't have been sneaking it. Like, um, it became the norm to see me drinking in the house. So if I could cook breakfast for everybody, but I was sitting there drinking a can. You know, so I, I never hit it around the house or anything like that. And, um, but as opposed to like, I mean, work, uh, sneaking in in bottles, uh, going out and about. I mean, I was shopping in pennies, drinking like, you know, out of the cock bottle. I'm guessing, yeah, no. You know, I mean? you know walk around pennies. Yeah, the bottle of Jack. No, 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 speaking out of a bottle, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't last long to be throwing me out here. But um, yeah, so things like that, and um, Lucas said original. That is the same color basically as cider, so you can just empty out that bottle, mm. fill it up with a can, and you're laughing. You're on your way. Sounds exhausted. <laughs> oh, it really is. It's really no fun at all. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with AA meetings, mm. I know there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, shame that comes with that. I think anyway. And when you hear someone yeah. talking about, "Oh, I've gone to AA," and everyone just look at them like. Oh my God, stay away from that person. <laughs> like it's a like it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's so much. It's to do with the stigma, I guess, surrounding um, any addiction and fear of, um, like that people thinking differently of you or you know uh, showing a sign of weakness when, in actual fact, it's probably one of the strongest things you can ever do is to admit the fact that you are you know essentially helpless over this. Um, now, I, I, I do have some opinions on AA that I'm sure a lot of people who go and swear by the meetings would disagree with. But, I mean, personally, for me, this time around, I haven't been doing the meetings. Um, yeah. Just for the simple fact that I, I, I've I changed an awful lot of stuff around me and I feel I can pro- progress better myself by not being held back in that, uh, in that place. So by that, I mean... I don't need to be constantly reminded of where I started from. I can remind myself and I can 
you know, not become complacent and hold myself accountable to these things. But I don't have to continuously every single day, every single moment say that I am helpless to this. You know, that, yeah. that takes away my strength, essentially. Like, there's a lot of things um, that people would, you know, just, you know, they, they thank higher powers and things like this. And, you know, that works for them. I think it's fantastic. But at the end of the day, I need to give myself the credit there because no one's going to smack that drink out of my hand if I try to pick it up. There's not going to be any kind of divine intervention. Nothing like that is going to happen. You know, there's bigger fish to fry on mm. that side of it, you know, going on in the world than worrying about Adrian having a can, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I just think for the amount of courage and strength that it takes somebody to quit um, a substance that they are massively addicted to, they need to give themselves a lot more, you know, a much bigger pat on the back for what they want, you know? Yeah. And with the meetings from the time that you used to go there, mm. how many sessions do you have to do before you kind of start realizing, I can do this, like, if I just... Because it does come down to personal choice. You can go to 20, 30 meetings and... Yeah, absolutely, yeah, 100%. A lot of people would try and get uh, one a day. And I mean, absolutely, go for it. If it works for you, go and do it, 100%. I'm not knocking it. It's there for a reason. And it, it does work for some people. Yeah. It just doesn't work for everybody. And you know, there just can be... Um, it can just, you know, it, it might scare some people off. Or, or like that, give give people a false impression of what's actually mm. going on with them. You know, like, it's just, it needs to be looked at in a broader spectrum, in my opinion, of, you know, relationships with alcohol versus addiction. You know, you don't all need to be thrown into the same basket together. But, see, like that, I'm fairly certain that people are going to be pissed <laughs> off about me saying that. <laughs> it's, it's your opinion. But, um, your opinion. And... You, yeah, well, that's that's how it is. But I am saying, you know, it does yeah, work. Yeah, like if it does work for people, someone yeah. might try something and two sessions work for them. Another person might need twenty sessions, and it, it's a personal thing. The only thing that I, I will say is because it is um, fairly religious based as well. That I know that has scared people off that from going to these meetings who do have problems because they immediately fob it off and say, "I have no time for that God stuff. Can't do it." They've been, you know, persecuted all their lives by religious, you know, sex for, you know, their lifestyle. So all of a sudden they're being told, God this, God that, God this. It's like, how, how can that kind of translate over to today's society? You know, it, it doesn't really, doesn't really blend together. You know, now in saying that again, they do not force this stuff on you. So it's a matter of perception, how, how you want to perceive it and mm. how you want to, you know, take those 12 steps and work them yourself. They always say, you know, the prayer. And for those of you who want to say it, it's not a necessity. They're not going to say, like, you have to do this, you know. And like I said, they are very, very kind and open people. But, you know, people in addiction, especially in the early times, um, they're very delicate. You know, um, I remember the last time when I did the three months, um, I think it was in around two months gone. I actually know it was one month gone and I was outside of a meeting and somebody came up to me and was like, oh, very good. But you want to watch out though, because my such and such, you know, he had three months and he slipped. 
why are you telling me this? <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? I'm only in the door, mate. Yeah, but like, you know, you live by a one day at a time, Credo, and yeah, you're telling me to watch out for two months down the road. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And then it builds pressure, and I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but I did slip at the three-month mark. So, I mean, it could have been subconsciously, you know, a pile of subconscious dynamite in my head that was ready <laughs> yeah. to blow at that point, you know? Yeah, I think with... Uh like the drinking if if you're thinking six months down the line you're not really focused on what you're trying to do at this moment absolutely yeah. and that can that can easily trip you off yeah 100%. you know if, there's, there's if no people, need to plant that um you know see the doubt in somebody's head yeah you know because that, that can that can you know, have a massive domino effect as well it's like okay so i'm going through a really hard time right now because i'm trying to kick something that I really enjoy but it's ruining my life and all of a sudden you're going to tell me that you know I'm going to slip in six months so what the hell am I doing it now you know what's the point if I'm just going to this is this might happen yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's where environment plays a big part if you're yeah that's that's why I had to change everything yeah you know like I mean, it might sound a bit dramatic but 100% you can't if all your mates and you say mates, they're probably just drinking buddies. But if all your mates just drink in the pub all the time, like you can't stop drinking and continue to meet them. Mm. You know, if you're a bartender and you want to go sober, it's very, very difficult. Now it can't be done, but very it's gonna be very, very difficult for you to continue in that line of work while being sober. And on top of that, it's you know, it's pretty you're gonna be a pretty big hypocrite to be talking about the, the woes of drinking. Yeah, you're going to be serving people who are in your shoes, just on the opposite side of the bar. Yeah, and have you had to lose some friends since you've taken a new journey? <laughs> um, not so much lose friends, but I mean, it, there is a a bigger separation, you know, because you know there's some people that that either they have an issue with alcohol and they they don't want to you know face it yet, or you know they just enjoy a drink, and there's a lot of people that can enjoy a drink as well. Now, I'm not anti alcohol. I, I say if you can enjoy a drink and you you're happy enough, you fire away. Go for it. You know, that's fine. And I like that again, I don't mind if I go out to dinner with my girlfriend, she can drink. Doesn't bother me. I don't have to. You know, mm. and I'm lucky in that sense that I'm able to do that. I know there's a lot of people out there who can't. You know, and they'd have to live in a dry house and you know, that that can be tough on the people around them as well. Yeah, and how's your anxiety been? Um, my anxiety levels are you know, the lowest they've been in the last 10 years, for sure. I have started taking um, a very light non-habit forming um, anti-anxiety medication. Now, that does help, and I definitely credit that to my success so far as well, um, because anxiety is a huge trigger uh, for me in drinking because um, I've almost had to relearn the difference between anxiety and just normal, say, butterflies in your stomach. You know, because I yeah. had tried to suppress and numb all this for so long that, like, when it came down to getting sober again, you know, all these feelings are coming back, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, am I having a panic attack? No, you're not. You're just, you know, excited about going somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like you're a bit nervous about <laughs> going on a podcast <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? But it's normal, everyday nerves, you know, that... That people face but yeah. because you're so numb to it for so long 
it, it's kind of, you know, it's very confusing, you know. So in the past, yeah. my anxiety has um, made me slip and go back into drinking again for sure. So it's 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 a combination of alcohol, like being quite out of my life and taking this medication that has it absolutely brand new at the moment. And do you ever, I don't know if you're in that stage yet, do you ever sit down and ask yourself what was causing anxiety or what you're trying to numb? Uh, yeah, I have. And um, there's been different things and some things seem more important than others on different days. But really what it came down to was whatever anxiety that I was trying to numb, either it had sorted itself or it's just as, <laughs> as you grow, things become less you know, I guess not so much important, but you don't worry about the same things. You know what I mean? We don't worry about a monster under our bed now. You know what I mean? But it seemed like the most important thing at the time. So like over 10 years is a huge amount of time to for your mindset to change and everything. But because you're so dependent on this drug, it's that's what ends up causing the anxiety. Mm. You know, it, and you're... Like I said about um, only looking and saying, right, I have four cans. The shop closes in two hours. They're not going to last me the night. That's an like part of anxiety. I need to, you know, get out. I need to make sure I'm safe. I need to make sure I have this. I'm sober up. I need to make sure I have another drink because, like I said, getting sober is is not good. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's incredibly hard. So you know, if you're on that kind of dependency, it's it's. Uh, it's really difficult from from hour to hour throughout your day. Most of the anxiety was probably just being created by yourself, really. It wasn't really, yeah. well, for you, it was the fear of, I'm not going to have enough to drink. Yeah. So, and not giving myself long enough to heal um, after drinking was huge. Because, mm. you know, you're thinking to yourself, it's been three weeks, it's been four weeks. Why do I still feel like this? Because you're still detoxing, you're still coming off it. You know, and it's the same. An awful lot of things have to, like I said, change before. And one of the main things is diet because your needs are very different. Like I said, that was my main calorie source. So, you know, I have to start bringing up all my nutrient levels again. You know, my hydration again. Like being dehydrated can be a big anxiety trigger too. You know, and it's like, well, I can't stay hydrated because the water won't stay down because I'm sick from the alcohol withdrawal. You know, so it's a huge balance. And then you're like, well, you know, what will fix me straight away? The alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And when you made a big decision, what what happened? Like, how did you come to that decision? Like, right, this is... Uh, I think it was pretty much brought to that decision. <laughs> okay, because usually what happens is when, you, when someone is addicted or they're doing something that's not pleasurable, if you like... Mm. As long as there's a, a safety issue, like they'll continue again. Yeah, they'll continue doing yeah. it. It's only when something really bad happens that you're like, yeah, it's usually like it referred to as the rock bottom. But I think I've hit yeah. my rock bottom a few times, and it's still it's because of like an addict's mind can really manipulate like so easily, you know. It and that was in the past. Don't worry about it. It won't be like that this time. Grand. Just have some self control. Whereas the real self control would just not be to drink again. But that's unheard of. We can't do that. But I think it's everything that I had and everything that I could be 
like as a 30 year old man you know it was really time to get my stuff together like I'm not getting any younger and it's now time to do this stuff and I was quickly quickly staying on a path that like I wouldn't have done anything with my life yeah nothing I would have dragged the people around me down as well yeah you know to the point where it would have been pretty heartbreaking separation for everybody involved you know what I mean but it would have had to have not out of uh, not loving somebody anymore but just out of necessity for themselves and who like I couldn't be mad at anybody for that you know obviously I, I wouldn't be happy about it I'd be very upset but you know realistically you know it would have been my fault <laughs> and was it your girlfriend that told you like you have to stop this or you're just going in a bad road yeah yeah, there was a lot, a lot of people and a lot of things, but mainly, mainly the girlfriend. Yeah, absolutely. But like, you couldn't blame her. Yeah, you really couldn't blame her. You know, she um a nurse working through the pandemic, and she was coming home to an alcoholic boyfriend. You know, and moods can quickly change in that way as well. Like, never in any way abusive or physically abusive or anything like that. Absolutely not. But I mean, nobody wants to come home to a really cranky head. You know what I mean? Just sitting there at the end of the day when you're all stressed out to bits, you know? Yeah. And here he is in a fucking mood because he hasn't got his cans. <laughs> <laughs> or holding a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And nobody, if you are if you love somebody as well, like, you don't want yeah. to see somebody doing that to themselves. I mean, I, in the height of my drinking, wouldn't want to see people drinking like I was. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you wouldn't want to see it for anybody. You know that it's not good, so you'd want to be like, here, you need to cook way back on that before you can't. Yeah. You know? Because not everybody can, not everybody can even step into an AA meeting. Not everybody ever will. And not everybody will ever stop drinking for any period of time. And yeah, so I mean, you're really very lucky at the end of the day if you can. Yeah. And for you, I'm guessing the first couple of days or weeks, your body was. Yeah. Fighting, fighting your back. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, because it just got used to. Yeah, I I um started by doing like a weaning by myself, um, and I started by spacing out. Like it's probably not a good idea, but I know the dangers of going cold turkey as well. And medicated is, is you know can be devastating. It can be you can die. So I spread the time and the amounts so I could have like one can. Two hours later, have another can. Okay. Two hours later, have another can. And then the next day, you're taking out one of the cans and increasing the time between, you know? So it's really just weaning it down. And then you get to, say, the third day and you're you're not having anything. You know? You're, you're still, okay, so it wasn't yeah, just Monday morning, I'm stopping. Yeah, no. I mean, I think I started on a Tuesday. Nothing wrong with a Tuesday. People always try to push it back to the next <laughs> the next week. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's still, it wasn't easy. Absolutely not. That they weren't easy, but while I was doing that, I think I just had such um such an eye opening experience with just how um manipulative it was to my mood. I mean, one of the last cans I had, I I was having the worst time. You know, the world sucked. Everything was crap. You know, I was falling over stuff and like tripping over things and just having the worst time. I was watching TV and it was just, just crap on. And next minute, I opened this can. And the world got soft, you know, suddenly again, <laughs> whatever was on telly, I was laughing at, it was great. Yeah. But, you know, you shouldn't let something have such power over your life that it can do that within a mouthful 
you know. Yeah, you right. almost giving your power away to that's absolutely what drug doing, because yeah. that's what it 100% is. Essentially, giving your life away, everything. It's totally controlled. Like when I was drinking, there was no spontaneous um, days out or activities or anything like that because I was like, "Oh crap!" Right? If we have to do that now, how am I supposed to get X amount of drink into me so I feel okay before we go? You know? So yeah. It was really, yeah. Really, really horrible when I think back on it. But in saying that again. I, I can't become complacent because I would probably just go back there and do that again. Mm. I probably mm. would just go back and drink. And then when you're back drinking, you don't really care. It's like, yeah, I know I was better off, but, you know, I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> yeah. You know? What's kept you going, like, in terms of what kept you off the drink now? Off the drink now um, would be that change. So I've... Um, I left work. What have you changed? Uh, left bar work. Um, I began to do a personal trainer and fitness instructor course, which I completed. Um, now working out of a uh, private studio. And I've also um, completed a certificate in managing mental health in adults. So I'm combining the two of those together. And um, later on, I think it's next month, is a, another course on alcohol and drugs. And... Yeah, just trying to combine all of those together and really work with more people with mental health issues and who would have been self-medicating as well with things like alcohol or other substances and drugs and really just seeing the progression in the things that I've done and completed over the last almost five months now and knowing that I wouldn't have done any of these things. Yeah, definitely. While still drinking. I'd still been in the exact same place. Definitely, yeah. I'm not saying that everybody would need to do what I did to do it, but, you know, there's always that thing of the, the, the two boats traveling side by side. Mm. And if one just changes its course as little as 5%, even in like a year's time, it's going to be way, way yeah. far away. Like, totally different place, you know, than what it would have been on. So it's changing. Like, as little as 5%, you could just change your life a little bit. So you're and you'd be taking on small things. Yeah. At its time. I mean, there were larger things for me now on this side of it, but um, 100%, just seeing little changes and knowing things that you wouldn't have done. There's a friend of mine calls them wins, like anything. Mm. I, I, I ran into him and I was out walking on a Sunday morning and he just said, would you have been doing this if you had been drinking? And I said, no, 100% not. And he said, well, that's a win in itself. And it's just something as simple as a walk. Yeah. You know, but it's a reward system in a sense. Like I still count my days and that's a reward every single day and that's only one thing it's like you know do the training and the scoreboard will look after itself yeah you know if you put the work like outside of it you'll be able to succeed in the sobriety part yeah and your fitness is that your own gym is it um yeah so there i work out of a gym which has a private studio attached to it as well for one-on-one clients so I am, um, I'm just starting off. So I'm just renting space in that gym at the moment. So, um, I'm working six days a week. So I'm going to be doing it Monday to Friday in the evenings. And then, um, I'm going to set up a, um, a training kind of system for Sunday mornings, which I'm going to aim towards people who either want to get sober or are sober. So they can really see what the benefits are on a Sunday morning. You know, bar being mm. hungover all day and getting a pizza or something like that, start the day off well, fresh, good, like-minded people, and there you go from there. It's a yeah. difference. You can really make it. 
And what are some of the benefits you've noticed, like personally for yourself? You can taste food uh, better, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, my appetite's back. I always like to eat. And like I said, um, it wasn't so much even that I didn't want to eat um, throughout the days, but it was, you know, if I eat while I'm drinking, I'll get sleepy and I'll fall asleep and I won't be able to drink as much <laughs> as I want to. And, uh, or I would, you know, unfortunately I would get sick. Um, but yeah, the benefits of food, um, strength and performance in the gym, absolutely fantastic. My mood, um, the mental health side of it's been huge really really big a lot of my problems that i was basing on other things it really just boiled down to the alcohol was, was really the main antagonist in all of this and yeah just my overall life has really changed black and white in the difference i swear like it's it's really really you wouldn't believe what it was like four and a half months ago yeah <laughs> you know and even even down to this kind of public speaking, it wasn't a thing, you know. Never would have done it. I was I was terrified to get onto my first like Instagram video and talk. I was like, I think I recorded it like fifteen times, <laughs> and then deleted all of them. It was only like forty five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> there for about an hour. And a half. <laughs> will I post this? Will I post this? I know, yeah. But even but I say it even down to that kind of judgment again, you know, like we were talking about with going to a meeting or something like that and opening up about these things, you know, because you will have some people saying negative things, yeah. and certainly for me, I find that it's passing comments stick with me a lot more than say even praise would. So it would only take one person to be like, "Oh, I see you're on this," and you're like, oh. "Fuck's sake!" <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, but that can that can really throw people. On. I just don't think people really realize what harm they're doing. You know? Yeah, it does really. Uh, comments on what people comment on Facebook, or not even Facebook, on social media to other people that they never meet. I just, I just don't understand it. Like you, you don't, yeah. you don't even notice people one, and yeah. like amount of energy it takes to do something like that to someone that you never even met, and just say things to put them down. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten some really bad messages and stuff, and I just delete them. But you know, I'm I'm lucky in that sense that I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people can be devastating for some people. That can bring people down, and I think we don't. Yeah, we we don't see that because you're online. Like you're not just gonna walk down the road on someone and say something silly to them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's that's a whole podcast in itself. You know, talking on on that kind of topic, like yeah, the social medias and. It's another addiction in itself as well, believe it or not. So yeah. Definitely. But um, are you doing some reading to keep your head straight? What kind of stuff are you reading? Yeah, I did. a lot of reading now at the moment. Um, habit forming. I'm reading a lot about that, a lot of stoicism, getting into that. Um, the philosophy, psychology. I just, there's a lot of stuff that I'm kind of just opening my mind to now. Um I think I gave myself an awful hard time for studying and mm. my kind of ability to be able to learn while I was drinking. And I don't think I was taking the alcohol into account as to why I was having such a hard time. But like, so I'm, I'm really, you know, admiring the amount of work that I'm putting into myself now at the minute. I'm not giving myself a lot of self praise, but you know, I, I really am realizing that I wasted a lot of time. And I, I, I 
you know, I can't, I, there's no point in looking back on it and saying, you know, well, you could have been here, you could have been there. Yeah. It's like, do the work now and then you can be there. Then you can, yeah, yeah. Why do you think we have a lot of uh, stigma around alcohol? Like, sorry, not alcohol, sorry, addiction. So if someone's addicted, say, alcohol, there's a lot of, uh, or they're doing it to themselves. There's a lot of self-blame. Yeah, there really is. I mean, it's the same with a lot of drugs and stuff like that. Okay, it may have been an initial choice. They may have wanted to do it one time, two times. You know, but like I said, it's very tricky. It's very sneaky. And it's not it's not so easy just to turn around and say, well, you're ruining everything, just stop. You know, there's a lot of blame. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, people don't want to show weakness and they'll find it, you know, by admitting they have something like that, that is a weakness. Or they don't want people treating them differently. And it's not a weakness, by the way. But um, they don't want people treating them differently. And they, they, they might just be afraid of losing people. Mm. You know, they, they've taken that long to build up that friend list or whatever it may be. And, you know, realistically, if your friends can't be happy to see you better in your life, then you're better off without them to begin with. You know, but it can be that kind of separation. Like people can be in toxic relationships, you know, with substances or with people. And they just, they don't want to break it off though. You know what I mean? They don't want that kind of separation. Yeah, you know? I think we all one of the human need is connection and we would do a lot of things even though it's bad just to kind of feel that sense of yeah i mean like that kind of thing like if you were you were having a party for example and um you were going to invite me but i've recently come out as being an alcoholic and you're like ah no god i won't yeah. invite him because you know, thinking and I don't want to do that to him but then it gets back to me and you weren't doing it in a malicious way but it gets back to me and all of a sudden I'm feeling like you know this is this what being sober mm. is going to be like I'm not doing that you know I'm not going to do that I'm <laughs> just go back on it because my social life yeah. is so much better yeah. <laughs> you know but the truth of the matter is like a lot of people can have a drink and go to work the next day and be fine whereas the people with the problem you know they'll be the ones being stepped over in the gutter the next day, you know, because they can't stop. True, true. Um, one or three questions. Uh, sorry to keep you on for so long. <laughs> um, what does well-being mean to you? Well-being. I mean, it's just doing. It's not in a selfish way, but I suppose it's doing what's right for yourself. It's there's an awful lot of people that you know will will say yes to others, but the people that they're looking after won't do it back to them. Do you know what I mean? So it's learning how to say no, learning how to look after yourself. You're not doing it in a mean way. And, you know, looking at the long run, the long term, and if things are really working out for you, you know, weighing out pros and cons. You know, if something's in your life and it's, you know, really, really not good, why are you keeping it around now? You really need to look after yourself mm. because other people can't do it for you. Or, you know, you could be waiting for somebody to step in who never steps in. You know, never say anything. And um, what are you proud of? Today. Today. That's what I'm proud of. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Simple. I mean, I was uh, at my very first AA meeting and 
there was a man there of 35 years sober and he just said to me we're the exact same because we only have today so that's you know always still put me in it's it's true i mean you can only be really proud of today what you what you put in and what you do it's, yeah. it, it's, it's easier for me and you just to stay in bed and watch netflix you know but and it, there's always that glimmer in like i'll do something tomorrow don't worry we've got tomorrow you know but why tomorrow we'll do it today? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Wait, wait. You know, it's it's the old I'll start on Monday idea. Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, absolutely. And my last question, what's your why? Why you... What what's your why? Why are you doing... Why? Making all these changes and going on this journey? Um, I suppose it's a better myself, prove myself wrong, really. I mean, or prove that it addictive side of me wrong you know and I think there's something that I want to kind of without, without trying to sound like you know I'm great or anything like this but I want to show people what they can do Okay. you yeah. know I'm, I'm a dyslexic guy didn't do well in school at all I, I like I'm a recovering alcoholic and I want to show people that you know if you have an interest in something it doesn't have to be this you know you don't have to go through the school process of doing it like, by all means, go to school. But, like, you know, there's ways around it. There's things you can do. You don't have to be, I'm set in my ways now. This is who I am. If you really want to change, now I'll show you how you can change or how somebody in my position can change, mm-hmm. you know, and what you're capable of if you really want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the why. <laughs> yeah. Show people that there is a... Certainly is the why now anyway, you know. Yeah. It kind of started off for somebody else and then kind of progressed into, you know what, this is actually something good that I can do for myself. Yeah, no. Not not enough people do that because I don't, I think there's kind of that stigma as well of being selfish or, you know, like I need to look out for other people, but, you know, it's important that you look out for yourself as well. Yeah, no, I think you're doing great, especially when you're talking about coming off alcohol and setting up your own fitness and hoping to start teaching people the link between addiction and mental health. That's that's where the great work is. And I think that would just bring you nothing but joy. I really hope so. The same with you on this podcast. I mean, it's just about people opening up the door, getting, like, like I've said before, stigma is a man-made concept. So we're the only ones that can make it go away. You know, yeah. it's simple as if you enjoyed today's episode i would really appreciate it if you could leave a quick review on my facebook page don't be afraid to talk or dm me on instagram the show notes will include all of the relevant links from today's episode if you haven't already please download leave a rating and share with your friends you might just reach that person who needs to hear this message Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I am James Lumumba, signing off with gratitude.